Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my wonderful friend, Matt Basinger. We are in the Let It Fly Media Studios, and today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank, member FDIC, a bank who thinks a little differently. They call it the M-Prize Way. We got a fun guest today. We have Drew Eanes, the co-founder of The Hadley Project. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Drew, it's been a long time. I know. We go way back. We just realized we were high school rivals, probably. But we don't have to. That's not how it is anymore. I always finish second to Matt in the 100-meter dash. (laughs) Um, Matt was athletic. (laughs) Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We're we're not talking about that today. Drew. Nor uh, would you want to. (laughs) Let's let's dive right in. What is The Hadley Project? So the Halley Project uh, started in January, so it's a fund that we're investing uh, $6 million into the Kansas City community over the next three years, uh, focused on three issues, racial, social, and environmental justice. And so um, it's a fund that was um, provided to by, by the Sunderland Foundation. Uh, one of my buddies, Thomas Sunderland, and his two siblings are on the board there. And I uh, just wanted to do more in terms of the community to reach out to other people who uh, have historically been marginalized in terms of philanthropy. And so the model is to really you know, flip philanthropy on its head a little bit and focus on areas that have historically been underfunded. And uh, so it's a blast. It's quite a blessing that I was able to do it. And um, it's already, we're five months into it. It's going quick, but we're doing a lot of good work in the community. So let's, let's define fund real quick first, just for the listeners. What does fund mean? When you make an investment, is that something that you expect those companies to pay back? Is that something that you guys take an ownership stake in? Is it a grant? Walk us through that. No. So the difference between you know a fund or an investment is um, we're not asking for that money back. What we're trying to do is help these individuals and these companies grow. And so uh, something that's a little bit different in terms of what we're doing instead of traditional philanthropy is instead of one-year grants, we're providing three-year grants, uh, meaning that it gives these individuals and companies the opportunity to grow, to plan ahead, to hire. Um, so instead of focus on you know one year of funding where they may be able to do some pretty cool stuff that year, but then what? Um, then they have to get back on the saddle and look uh, to raise money elsewhere from other individuals. And so what we want to do is provide sustainability um, for these individuals and these companies to plan ahead and hopefully uh, keep what we started growing after that first three-year period. And so there's no, uh, we really call it trust-based philanthropy. So um, there's no specific reporting requirements. What we want to do is build relationships with these individuals and um, provide whatever resources that we can to uh, help them become sustainable, help them grow and continue the great work they're doing in the community. How do you evaluate, I mean, th- there's so much need. Right, sure. not just in the Kansas City community, which is where you all are focusing, but in general, there's so much need, and there's there are so many wonderful use cases of why folks could put great funds to use. Like, how do you look at one group versus the other and say, "Man, I really is it? I really believe that this is going to be the most helpful for this individual, sure. or I really believe that this group is going to be more effective in X, Y, Z." Like, how do you? Or it's going to create more jobs, or yeah, yeah sort of what's the underlying yeah organization? We're really trying to think big picture. Um, and again, we're four months into it. I think each month we get a little more specific in terms of what we're doing. Um, but the model was started by, uh, we read a book called Decolonizing Wealth by Edgar Villanueva. And one of the issues he talks about is you have to have certain criteria, and our criteria is racial, social, and environmental justice. Now, uh, within that, there's a lot of different ways that we're touching uh, those three things. Um, there's individuals that we're funding that are trying to reduce recidivism, 
in terms of you know going back to prison. I think there's a crazy statistic saying that you know up to 50 to 75 percent of people who get out of jail end up going back in. Mm. And so we're working on providing services to them to reduce that number. Um, we're working with educational institutions, uh, the Latinx Education Collaborative and the Black Promise Project, which are focused on um, hiring and retaining more minority teachers in one area. Um, Matt and I grew up in the same school district, and I can't recall one African-American teacher that I actually had. Um, and so we want to give them the opportunity to see, hey, that's I can be that someday. Um, we're working on ways in education to increase test scores um, for kids to make sure that they can have the ability to go to college. Um, we're focusing on providing grants to send kids to historically black colleges and universities. Um, we're working with one individual that uh, is growing 100,000 pounds worth of tilapia, using the wastewater to grow plants um, and you know sustainable food for these areas and historically food desert um, areas. And so all of those things are very different, but the common theme is racial, social, and environmental justice. And so if it fits within those parameters, um, it's something that we want to build relationships with these people. Um, we don't want to make it extremely difficult for them to get the funding, but they also have to you know, show the value of what they're bringing to the table. What's the average grant size that you guys are looking at? And then are, is it the same every year that you're looking at? Or is it sort of like a taper down approach or a build up approach? How do you guys look at that? I would say build up. Um, we for the majority of our, our partners, um, we'll guarantee three years worth of funding. That could be anywhere from five thousand to fifty thousand some dollars in some cases. Um, but it per year on, or total over the three per years. Per year. And so each one's different depending on the need. Um, you know, we don't want to make them all the same. Um, a lot of these organizations are smaller and just getting started, so they may not need as much capital as an organization that has been around and uh, been sustainable for a couple of years. And so. Um, it's a case-by-case -case basis where, um, you know, again, it's need-based. Yeah. And, and we'll focus on what are the needs and do what we can from there. You had mentioned that this is a three-year fund, right? And so $6 million, three years. How do you, I mean, what what is the sustainability beyond three years for you all? How do you know, okay, this thing is working. We're going to be able to continue getting more funding to help this. Like, how? And this is my own ignorance, right? Sure. I don't know how these things work. So sure. walk me through that. Yeah, And that's the point of trust-based philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And so it's our job to make sure that we stay in touch and build relationships with these individuals that we're funding. Um, it's in their best interest that we go longer than three years as well. And so, you know, as we grow, we're working on our social media presence. We're working on, you know, case studies that show um, what happened with our funding, you know, in terms of the people that we would be able to touch in terms of the test scores that, hopefully are increasing in terms of you know, the amount of people that uh, were able to eat better food in terms of plants, vegetables, fruits. Um, and we'll go back to you know, the foundation eventually. And, uh, already we're getting a lot of good press and, and these people are, and these businesses are growing. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where we don't have the, uh, we don't have to keep tabs of metrics per se. Um, we're focused more on how many people can we impact instead of focus on, you know, and, and when in some cases in investments, what's the payback? You know, how long is this going to take? We're not really focused on that. We're focused on the impact we can make on the people. And then, um, a lot of that you can't measure yep. uh, sometimes. So it's a pretty unique, let's call it a business model. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? Um, I think it shows the importance of maintaining relationships 
over and being passionate and speaking up for what you believe in. I think um, last year around this time, obviously the country as a whole was facing a lot of societal uh, turmoil in terms of racial injustice. Um, I was in a leadership program where I had the platform to speak up about it, and I did. And uh, the relationship side of it uh, with the Sunderland family, I've known uh, my friend Thomas and his siblings since I was eight years old. And so it's something that him and I have always discussed in terms of how to do the right thing and what can we do. And we always thought we would end up doing something. We just didn't know what that would be. And I think it was kind of the perfect storm, um, you know, in times of turmoil and what some people may say is a a tough time. Um, A lot of great things can come out of that. And I think that's what the Hadley Project uh, has become. Tell me about the name, the Hadley Project. What does that come from? It's just a street. So we wanted to keep it kind of ambiguous um, to not focus too much on what the mission was, but it's actually a street that the uh, my buddy and his siblings grew up on. Okay, something simple. So you're the co-founder of the Hadley Project. As far as the day-to-day, how many folks are you working alongside um, to you know analyze, distribute the funds, et cetera? Like, what do you specifically focus on, Um, and maybe what are some of the things that you found that have been the most difficult? five months into this thing sure. now as far as what your goals are, not just for this year, but, you know, continuing forward. Yeah, so the board, the founding board members, it's myself, um, my friend Thomas, his two siblings, Grant and Emery, and a lady named Denise St. Omer. We're the uh, founding board members. Something that the Sunderland family and the kids were intent on was um, in philanthropy. They wanted to get more people of color involved in the board. And so right now it's just five of us, but we are intent on growing that. But... Um, the model is shaped to you know, get more Latin people on the board, more African-Americans on the board, more people with different interests than what has been done uh, historically in philanthropy on the board. So I'll say one of the challenges, uh, per se, is to make sure that we identify those people um, and that you know, they understand the mission that we're trying to do. And as time goes by, get them into the fold because um, the model is for the people that are actually living in those communities uh, to make the decisions on what's best and where that money should go. And so um, right now it's five of us, but we fully intend on growing that um, as soon as you know the right people can come into the fold. So, so what is the process? Let's just take a, a sample impact investment, we're calling investment grant, mm-hmm. funds. What is it like from the beginning where you're you're just Drew waking up in the morning and you want to go find a new you know, business to give funds to, do they call you? Do you scour? Is it a referral based thing? And then what's sort of your evaluation process? And then who finally is the voting? I would assume it's that board, sure. but what sort of the, then you get to that final number for every year and you say, here you go. What's that process? Yeah, about? it's transforming as we go along. Uh, early on, we were fortunate enough to have a lot of great relationships through uh, things that I was doing in the community through a couple of our other board members were doing in the community. And we had identified uh, some potential organizations that you know fit our model very well, um, and so you know we reached out or they reached out to us when they figured out what we were doing. And again, it's trust based, and so we want to meet these people. We want to get them to understand who they are, who we are outside of just what they do, um, and make sure it's somebody that we can trust and continue those conversations. Um, Next thing that we would do is get you know a request for proposal, not a big 50 to 80 page proposal like you may see in some instances, but 
you know, what's your big dream? If money wasn't an option, what would you be able to do? Um, intermediate goal in terms of operations for the next two to three years. And then what do you need in terms of running your day-to-day operations right now? And so uh, we would ask those organizations to fill that out. They would get that back to us. Um, we would discuss internal, internally as a board uh, what we think is the best fit uh, for them to help solve some of those needs. Um, and fortunately, you know, we've been able to uh, give grants to a lot of those great organizations um, thus far for that you know, three-year period where they can uh, focus on thinking for the long term rather than the short term. So what's your hit rate, more or less? When you are talking to companies, what percentage of them end up in the actual grant program? I think at first um, it became pretty easy where the majority of the organizations that we were talking to, because we had an idea of who they were, mm-hmm. um, we were able to fund them. Now, uh, fortunately, we've been able to build our brand name a little bit in this community, and people, more people know who we are over the last few months, and so that's going to get a little more challenging and complicated as we continue to grow um, and continue to get some of the great publicity that we're getting. And so that hit rate's going to inevitably be a little bit smaller. We have to be a little more strategic in terms of how um, we, we fund these organizations. But even if we don't fund them, what we're trying to do is um, reach out and know who they are. Um, I think even the people that, and organizations that we don't fund, there's still a lane to work together, um, whether it be funding them or not. What mm-hmm. we're trying to do is be humble and listen to these, these organizations and these communities, and um, they may not be the best fit right now, but down the line they may be. And so um, what we're trying to do is come from a place of being humble and listen. Um, at times we may not be able to fund some of these organizations, but we can get in touch with them, keep in touch, engaged uh, with them over the long term, and you never know what's going to happen when you, you know, build relationships with people. So thinking a little bit more long term, you know, there was a point in time in my business where I was like, wow, we're going to project a whole year, you know, and I was like, we, we had never done that before until probably year three out the gate. You're talking about the first three years. But what is your big goal? Like, you know, when you look back 10 years from now, what is it that you hope to have achieved, you know, with with the Hadley project? Yeah, I think something that's unique about the Hadley project is it's different than a lot of philanthropic organizations in terms of what they've done. Um, this city per capita has some of the most organizations in the country in terms of nonprofits. And there's a lot of great families um, that, you know, have helped a lot of these organizations. But when it comes to focusing strictly on racial, social, and environmental justice as a whole, um, a lot of these older philanthropic organizations haven't done that. Not only fund those organizations, but have a board that's diverse enough to have a different train of thought in terms of, you know, where the needs and where the money should go. And so we're not trying to put pressure on anybody per se, but we are trying to create awareness in the community that focusing on these areas that have been historically redlined in the city aren't maybe as necessarily risky as you thought. Um, and I think, you know, private equity, private, not equity, but private capital um, is a catalyst to start doing that. And as people see, you know, a lot of the great work that our team has been doing over the first four months um, is creating a lot of more awareness. Not only in the nonprofit world, but in the for-profit world as well. That mm-hmm. um, you know, we're one community. We're not five or six different communities. So the more that we work together to pick everybody up and give everybody an opportunity, um, 
I think long term and big picture, if I look back on the work that we did, that's what I want to do. I want to focus on uh, not only the Hadley Project, but hopefully other organizations sure. will do the same thing. Then you're able to double, triple um, the impact that you intended at first. Yeah. Drew, we got to start wrapping up. Otherwise, we're going to stand at 20 minutes. You know, that's that's the goal. It goes fast. It does. Let me go on um, and on. That's a, that's our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have one quick question. So for folks who either are like, man, this this sounds amazing. I want to help with that. Or folks who are like, wow, that really could be a resource for me. How do they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so our website is www.hadleyprojectkc.org. Check out the website. Um, we're building it as we go along on the fly here. We built this thing from scratch, but um, eventually we're going to have um, – probably pretty soon, an area where you can uh, reach out to us. Um, whether you want to, you have an organization that you think may fit our model or you're just an individual that wants to help. Um, you know, Matt and I, growing up when we did, I've had a lot of great friends that I haven't heard of in years that, how do I be a part of this? And I want to be a part of this. And so we're working on building a page of collaborators. Um, some of them are CPAs, some of them are in the legal field, some of them are in marketing. Um, to provide a resource for a lot of these individuals to focus on the great work that they do, and, but they may not know how to run their books or they may not have an outlet for a legal service. And um, just keep building the community impact. If people want to help, we want to try to give them the opportunity to do yeah. so. So check that out. Professional life aside, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? The coolest thing I've ever done? Yep. That's a great question. Well, I have to always plug um, my barbecue team, Mad Cow Angry Beaver Barbecue. Uh, into, Angry Beavers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Mad Cow there's Angry a gentleman Beaver, outside yeah. of this oh, room Cow that's Angry on the Beaver. on the team with us. Um, we're extremely entertaining. We're very mediocre in terms of our results, but uh, we're working on uh, fixing that as we get a little bit older and more mature. So you know, you know what I heard is if you give people whiskey before they eat the I, barbecue, you know, then your results are not mediocre. I heard that. Well, maybe you can help us with that. And I like uh, it. You know, we can do a, build a little partnership, and uh, so I really enjoy um, just being with my friends and my family, and that's uh, certainly one outlet where we do that and laugh a lot. And <laughs> I love it. That's a good time. So. I love it. Well, Drew, thank you for spending time with us today on the Let Me Be Brief podcast. On behalf of Emprise Bank, our sponsors, Let It Fly Media, Jay Rieger & Co. Distillery, and Swellspark, we wish you continued success in Kansas City, and we can't wait to see how you continue to make an impact. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.